Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome into Duval Daily presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks so much for tuning in. Before we get into this, just want to say quick thoughts and prayers to DeMar Hamlin, family, friends, teammates. Still hoping for a recovery for DeMar Hamlin. Sounds like things are moving in a positive direction. That's still weighing heavy on me uh, throughout this week, and it should continue to weigh heavy just how much these players are risking stepping out on that football field. But we do have a job to do here. Previewing Titans at Jaguars Saturday night. We're going to get into it here. like to remind you again to follow me on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Hit that like and subscribe button here on YouTube. Really helps the channel grow. Could not appreciate y'all more. It's been a fantastic year here in Jacksonville and, uh, Hopefully we can keep it going into 2023 here. But yeah, Titans at Jaguars Saturday night, 8-15 at the bank, Jacksonville, Florida. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on the call for ESPN. I don't remember the last time the Jaguars had Troy Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, excuse me. Um, Jaguars are favored by six in this one, over under of 40. So Vegas is expecting a fairly low scoring game and implied point total of 23 to 17 in favor of the Jaguars. And why is that? Well, the Jaguars have won four straight. They've won six of their last eight contests. Titans, on the other hand, they're losers of six straight, including a 36 to 22 loss to the Jaguars in Nashville a few weeks back. But the Titans, they'll have a thing or two up their sleeve for this rematch. They rested some of their big names in Week 17 against the Cowboys, including Derrick Henry, who will be well-rested for this one. It doesn't get better than this if you're a Jags fan. An AFC South title game in Week 18 between the Jags and their arch nemesis, the Tennessee Titans, to the victor goes a home playoff game and bragging rights for the next year. Doesn't get bigger than this in the regular season. It's going to be a playoff-like atmosphere at the bank. Uh, I know that uh, tickets have been flying. They're incredibly expensive at this point. It's going to be a packed house. I'm expecting it to be majority Jaguars fans. I don't think it's going to be like a few weeks back when it was a packed house, but it was a lot of Cowboys fans in there as well. You'll see Tennessee fans here certainly throughout the week, but I expect a heavy, heavy contingent of Jaguars faithful in the stadium Saturday night, and I think it's going to be beautiful. And We're we're asking for a teal out, the Jaguars are, so if you're going down to the game, make sure you have teal on, right? We did just make available a few items on the ginjag.com slash shop. Uh, if you want to go check that out, maybe we can get some, if you order something really quickly, we can get it out to you prior to Saturday. It's looking a little tight on that though now, recording this Thursday, January 5th. But still you can get something for uh, the rest of the season. Hopefully there is a rest of the season following Saturday night against the Titans. But yeah, whoever wins this game is the AFC South champion in 2022 whoever wins this game hosts a home playoff game likely against the chargers or the ravens 
And uh, if the Titans lose, they're done. They're going home. They're not making the playoffs. No chance. If the Jaguars lose, they do have a chance to win to to get into the playoffs. Uh, as a wild card team, they need the Steelers, the Patriots, and the Dolphins to lose this weekend. If that happens, the Jaguars would be the wild card, even if they lose to the Titans on Saturday night. So getting into this one on the field. Jaguars offense versus Titans defense. The Titans have 10 defenders on injured reserve. Now, they're not all starters, but a good handful of them are. When you have that much attrition on the defensive side of the ball or on either side of the ball, it is difficult to operate at a functional level. And I think you've seen that from the Titans a lot lately. Uh, Coverage has been really shaky. Uh, And so is the pass rush, to be quite frank. They're just not really getting the job done. But they could be getting Christian Fulton back in this one. That would be a big help for the Titans. But the Titans need a lot of help in the secondary. They have the worst passing defense in the NFL right now by DVOA, right down at the bottom in terms of total yards allowed per game, right right up there at the top, right? So it's not good for the Titans' pass defense right now. Up front, Jeffrey Simmons always looms large, but he's not surrounded by much else that scares you. So if you're Doug Peterson, if you're uh, the Jaguars offense, you're going to be trying to mitigate Jeffrey Simmons. How do you do that? You chip him, you get multiple guys blocking him, you focus on Jeffrey Simmons. Now, there's some other guys guys up there that can play. You know, Danico Autry is a good football player up front too. Demarcus Walker, I know a lot of FSU and Florida fans will remember him from his days in Tallahassee. Um, they've got some guys you like, but outside of Jeffrey Simmons, it doesn't really scare you up front for the Titans, right? They do have a strong run defense to be sure. Uh, even with the attrition that they've had, they are stopping the run. But as I mentioned, pass defense near the bottom of the league in DVOA, uh, not enough pressure, not enough coverage on the back end. And that's a big reason why the Titans have lost six straight games. They can't really hold up on the back end. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, that has been the culprit for the Titans, and a lot of it does have to do, again, with these injuries that they have sustained throughout the year. Mike Vrabel, as we know, head coach, but also has a heavy hand on that defensive side of the ball. He's going to give you plenty of exotic looks. He's going to try to heat you up when you throw the ball. Uh, But look, Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, this group, they know how to handle business against the Titans. They did it five weeks ago to the tune of 36 points. Um, They know how to handle business against the Titans schematically. And, And from a talent perspective, I just don't really know how Tennessee matches up here, to be quite frank. Titans defense, they can make it difficult on you. They can make it scrappy. They can make it make it a little bit complicated with what they can do up front, but can they stop Trevor and Evan Ingram, who went off against them, and Christian Kirk, and Zay Jones, and Marvin Jones, and Travis Etienne for 60 minutes? With Doug Peterson calling the plays? I don't think so. I really don't. I think it's going to be difficult for the Titans here in Jacksonville to stop the Jaguars. 
Um, as I mentioned, Jaguars, really, really good passing team uh, with Trevor Lawrence, with all these weapons, with Doug Peterson dialing it up. Trevor gets the ball out of his hands extremely quickly, so if the Titans just want to bring pressure, Trevor should be able to eat that up, uh, no problem. And if they want to sit back, he should be able to carve him up too because you give him time, he's going to find someone. It's just difficult for defenses to really uh, to, to stop Trevor Lawrence right now. I think you'll see that in this one. Couple interesting notes. Christian Kirk, he needs two catches for a five hundred thousand dollar bonus, ninety one yards to trigger another five hundred thousand dollar bonus. So Christian Kirk, he could be making a million bucks. All he has to do is pass that ninety one yard mark. I have a strong feeling that the Jaguars will be doing their best to feature him in this game, try to get their boy some money. Uh, Zay Jones, he needs two catches as well for 250K incentive and then 98 yards for 500K. Wouldn't it be something if both of those guys are able to hit those incentives, hit those uh, milestones in their contracts and and um, make some money? Zay could make 750 Kirk could make a mil. No big deal, right? They are both getting paid handsomely either way, I would like to say. But um, when you have an opportunity to get your guys some extra cash, you try to do it. Absolutely. Looking at the Titans offense versus the Jaguars defense, I mentioned that the Titans' pass defense has been a culprit for them in terms of uh, struggling to win games and, and why they're struggling to win games. The biggest culprit, however, is the offense. Uh, the Jags' defense on the flip side of that has stepped up in a big way lately. They've allowed six points over the last two games. And even over this four game winning streak, you look at the games early in the streak against the Titans and the Cowboys, where they gave up some more points, some more yards, even in those games, they were still able to force turnovers, get pressure and, and just play with energy and effort and play fast. I think that's what you're seeing. I think you've seen them be able to pin their ears back a little bit more lately. They're super confident in their ability and their scheme and in their offense, and that gives them uh, exactly what they need to perform at a high level. At least that's what we've seen over the last month. There are still some concerns for the Jaguars' defense, no question about it. Will the Titans be able to uh, – to, to, take advantage of some of the issues the Jaguars defense has I'm not sure but if the Jaguars do win this game and make the playoffs you damn sure teams are going to be able to take advantage of your weaknesses on the defensive side of the ball next to Foye Aluakun you've got two rookie linebackers and Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma kind of alternating and, and subbing in and out and I think there's still a little bit of a weakness right now but they are absolutely making progress they are moving in the right direction and Chad's coming off a really big game. Devin has been up and down a little bit, but he's been a playmaker, no question about it. He's been a turnover machine as a rookie. Um, so I do still think, though, that if there's an area of the defense you probably want to try to target in the passing game, it's probably whoever's playing next to Foy at linebacker or nickel. Uh, Trey Herndon's still in the nickel, and he's been playing a little bit better as of late. Um, but... That would be the weakest coverage groups for the Jaguars is linebacker next to Foye and nickel. Uh, you look at the outside cornerbacks, you feel great about Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams, the way they're playing. They were targeted nine times last week. They allowed 15 total yards. Unbelievable performance by those guys against the Texans. Um, 
So you feel good about your outside corners. You feel good about your safeties. Rayshon Jenkins, um, Andre Sisco, who should have had another pick last week. He's had a few this year that he should have had, but he's still he's still performing at a high level and forcing turnovers, even if he's he's let a few opportunities slip through his hands, quite literally. Um, so yeah, you feel good about your safeties, your corners, outside corners. You also feel good about Foyer, who's been playing, in my opinion, as the MVP of this defense. I think operationally, if Foyer leaves this defense, you're in a world of trouble. I think the guys know that. That's why he's a team captain, and he's flying around making plays at an incredible level right now as Foyer Lewican. And then up front, you're getting production, right? Um, Josh Allen has been really productive over the last month, three sacks in the last four games. He had nine pressures against the Texans, one of his best games of the year, uh, maybe his best game of the year with the forced fumble as well. You talk about Trayvon Walker. He's been a lot more comfortable uh, lately when he's been healthy, and he was active last week. He's been limited in practice with the ankle still this week, but looks like he should be good to go. When they've been getting him in a a, a three-point stance and even a four-point stance, with his hand or hands in the dirt. He's been performing at a lot higher level. I think he's getting more and more comfortable. Um, and then moving beyond Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker, Caleb on Chason stepped up last week. He had three pressures and a sack where he just pile drived uh, Laramie Tunsil into the quarterback. I just pushed him straight back into the quarterback and, and picked up his first sack of the year. And he's looking like he's playing – uh, with his hair on fire a little bit. You've got Foley, who looks like he should be good to go. Roy Robertson-Harris has been playing better football down the stretch. Uh, you've got Arden Key making plays as well. So you feel And Devon Hamilton, too. You can't forget about Devon. He's had a good year. So you feel pretty good about a lot of the defensive pieces for the Jaguars. You still just worry a little bit about some of those chinks in the armor. But um, I think you're starting to see kind of what you saw from the Jaguars defense early in the year and what you thought you would see from it. Uh, But that five game stretch during the middle of the season where they just couldn't get anything going um, consistently on either side of the ball really mitigated what this defense looks like. But over the last month, they've looked a lot better. I'm not saying they've magically flipped a switch, but when you just look through what the Jaguars defense is doing schematically, how the players are performing, you really don't feel good about only like two spots. Again, next to Foyer at linebacker and nickel. And I think you can live with that when you have an offense like the Jaguars do right now. How do the Titans beat you? How do they beat you? Well, they haven't been able to beat anyone in the last month and a half, but the way they're going to try to beat you is Derrick Henry. We know this. That's what they've done throughout Mike Vrabel's time in Tennessee. They've been a Derrick Henry offense. Uh, So what do you do to mitigate Derrick Henry? You load the box, you play gap sound. That is so critical. And you swarm. And a lot of times it's going to take more than one guy to get this guy to the ground. So you have to swarm to the football um, and you have to wrap up not let go, hold on for dear life, all those things. But what made Derrick Henry and this Titans offense and this Titans team so difficult to deal with in the past, besides their defense playing at a higher level than it is right now, A.J. Brown. I mean, this was a receiver that made it so you couldn't just load the box. Because if you just loaded the box, they're going to kill you with A.J. Brown. They don't have that right now. Um, they, they don't have Ryan Tannehill throwing the football. They have Josh Dobbs, who wasn't on the team a month ago. 
They have Traylon Burks, who suffered a groin injury in practice yesterday. He may or may not be available. Westbrook Akine, Robert Woods. They do have Chigo Conquo, who you really like. But it's not an offense that really poses a lot of threats outside of Derrick Henry. Yeah, Josh Dobbs has some talent. We've seen him here in Jacksonville, right? Uh, you've seen you've seen um, his athleticism and, and his arm talent. He has it, but is from an operational standpoint, is he ready to step in and lead a Titans offense against Trevor Lawrence? I don't know about that. Um, I don't know. Uh, that, that, that's a tough one for me. If I was a Titans fan, I don't, I don't know how I'd feel about that one. Again, he hasn't even been on the roster a month. And he doesn't have great weapons outside of Derrick Henry, who he's going to be wanting to hand the ball off and play action. And again, this offense is going to revolve around Derrick Henry. He's supposed to kind of be that, uh, that gravity well for the Titans offense. And he is. But when you don't have anything else you can do at an, at an effective and efficient level, it's just difficult to sustain. Um, and to be completely honest, I think the biggest problem, like the main reason that besides not having A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill, that this offense has really taken a step backward and, and isn't able to do anything, their offensive line is atrocious. I mean, it's horrible in pass protection. Their, their tackles... Nicholas Petit Frere might be able to come back for this one, but he's not playing great football. Dennis Daly is not playing good football at left tackle. Their offensive line has been really, really awful this year, and they've sustained injuries. We know that. Taylor Lewan's been out, but it ain't pretty on that side of the ball for the Tennessee Titans. Looking at special teams for the Jags, just a little check-in because we do tend to not talk about special teams as much. Logan Cook playing fantastic as usual. His coverage guys playing really well, uh, going down there and downing punts. And um, you, you love that part of it. You love Jamal Agnew, what he's doing as a returner. Hasn't had that huge, huge game as a returner. Has had a couple moments where he's had some big returns. Has also had one or two called back. And then at, at kicker, Riley Patterson's been been doing good for you he's been accurate with the football so you like what you have going on on special teams and so with the Jaguars special teams doing well their offense performing at a high clip thanks to Trevor Doug and all those weapons and the offensive line playing at a reasonably high level and then the defense starting to click and you starting to see the talent you thought you had on that side of the ball this is a dangerous football team as the Jacksonville Jaguars Um, so Titans are going to have their hands full on Saturday night at the bank TIAA Bank Field, Jacksonville, Florida, 8.15 p.m. It's going to be on ESPN, but hopefully you will be there. I will be there. I'm going to be ready to be loud. I'm going to be sitting in, in the 100s somewhere uh, with the wife. We're going to get loud. It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait for it. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be the preview for Titans at Jaguars. AFC South title game. Again, winner moves on, wins the division, gets to host a home playoff game. The loser, if it's the Titans, they're going home. If it's the Jaguars, they still have an opportunity to get into the dance as a wild card if the Steelers, Dolphins, and and Patriots all lose on Sunday, or excuse me, this weekend. 
So it's going to be a fun weekend of football. Obviously, you do not want to rely on the wild card. You want to beat the Titans. You want to get into the playoffs as your AFC South division champion and host that home wild card game against the Ravens or the Chargers, two teams that you've already beaten and you've already faced this year. So uh, hopefully the Jaguars are able to get it done. Obviously, that's what we're pulling for here on the channel. But just want to thank you all again for tuning in. Thank you so much for supporting the channel, supporting what we do here at Gen Jag. And uh, it just means the world to me. Can't thank you enough. Hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo Generation, Jaguar at Generation Jag. You can hit the like and subscribe button. You can also hit the notification bell so you don't miss a show. Um, if you want to support the channel further, again, you can check genjag.com. You can hit up the shop. You can also become a channel member right here on YouTube. There's some cool perks, links in the description below. Have a great rest of your Thursday, Duval. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be talking about key matchups, keys to victory, all that fun stuff, some bold predictions. We'll be talking about it over the next couple days. Have a great one, Duval.